0: In 1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA Podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach Podcast. Back at it, folks. FA Podcast. Another... Another episode. Big ups to uh, Weatherby as we use the 18-iron element out and about as we travel on the webisodes and our web series, and especially Federal Ammunition as well. That's what we shoot. That's our choice. And, of course, we get all our gear at Rogers Sporting Goods. And, uh, of course, big shout-outs to uh, my man Tyler up in saskatchewan as we head up there all the time to go to uh saskatchewan goose company so another episode so we're actually talking to some new outfitters uh guys that are located in nebraska we're kind of we're going to do some stuff with them this year so we're getting you guys familiar with them so when you see us hit like the web series and you see us in nebraska this is this is who we'll be with so we're talking to the guys from whiskey Slews, we're talking to hunter and we're talking to Grant. You guys doing all right?
1: Yes, we are. Thank you for having us on.
0: All yep, gravy. Staying,
1: trying to stay cool.
0: Yeah, that was you you guys sound real formal. You don't have to be that formal on this deal, bro. I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: feel free to feel free to let it fly on this podcast, bro. There's no doubt about it. So, listen. So, familiarize your outfitting business and what you guys are doing with everybody that (laughs) listens to our podcast you know what i mean set them up on what you guys say specialize in what you guys will be doing what you're offering you know where you guys run out of you know hip them to you know everything about you guys in a nutshell so we can you know dissect it and chop it up
1: okay yeah, so we're based out of Kearney, Nebraska, um, smack dab in the middle of the state on the South Central part. Uh, we primarily specialize in Platte River Mallards. Uh, we have some land we own on the Platte River that we operate out of mostly, where we're lucky enough to be surrounded by seven miles of refuge along the Platte, and it allows for us to have some some really good duck hunting and, and, and goose hunting during the peak season in winter. Gotcha. And um, with that being said, we are also expanding into the rainwater basin for early season teal and uh, early season ducks, as well as cornfields all around the Platte River for Canada geese, snow geese, and whatnot. And then we also have expanded into turkeys into some land um, along the Loop River, along the Platte River, the Little Blue River, and a few creeks that we have here in central Nebraska. And um, our big thing is being able to provide comfort and amenities to our clients so when they come out we want you to be able to show up have a nice comfortable place to stay we have a four bedroom three bathroom lodge we have two twin beds per room that fits at, um, so we can sleep up to eight we will, we want to keep our group sizes at eight as sure, well sure. to keep um, <clears throat> to make sure everyone is comfortable and to keep personability and conversation as well as with when you come up we want you to be able to have all your meals paid for everything taken care of only thing you got to bring is your gun your shells and if you're driving you know drive on up if you're flying we'll pick you up at the airport and and give you a shuttle around and overall we're just trying to promote the the easiest you know hunting experience and and, uh really good results so when you guys have
0: riverfront so you guys will have river frontage so you guys have permanent blinds on the riverfront just because uh you know, because you have that, you own that access. Obviously, the river you don't own, but you own up to the river. So uh, is that how that works? Like, do you guys have permanence on that?
2: Yeah, so so up along the river and in the cornfield that we, we own that goes up to the river, we have permanent blinds in it, um, which which is just really nice, easy access um, for us. And we don't have to set up a frames blinds every day. And then, as far as the river goes, um, the Platte River, just really braided river, and yeah. it's really sandy and shallow. So there's sandbars all over, and so the property when we bought it, um, it had a big blind out in the middle on a, a really big sandbar that that doesn't really go away, and it's very consistent every year. Gotcha. And so we've, we've just done some expanding on that.
0: Well, now's the listen. If if you if you do this you know if you if you do this waterfowl thing you are working on it right now you're working on all the blinds you're working on farming you're working on like this is the time like you know i was talking to a couple other guys that that we talked to and are doing some stuff with us you know the majority of those guys you know hunt public do all that stuff so yeah you know now they're rearranging their gear and doing stuff like that but if you if you're not farming for them Man, it's a whole different off season because right now this is like, well, there's no off season if you're, if you're farming, like truly, because you're right back into either pulling pits out or if you have a permanent that you leave in, you're brushing it or fixing it or making it better or making an addition or, you know, or adding, adding something, uh, adding something to, uh, whatever, to the blind, to the, you know, whatever so is that what you guys are doing right now
2: yeah yeah that's the biggest thing we have right now right now we're just um hitting all the leases we have had in the past or uh or expanding on right now currently that we know we're going to have for sure this upcoming year um installing pits um building oh, yeah. pits right now um we, we really just started just a couple weeks ago on the uh installing of pits uh we still got almost 10 to go and possibly more um as more leases come in
0: yeah it listen it never it listen it never ends i mean the the madness uh the madness of of like fixing stuff making sure it's planted like right now i'm going through hell right now because we've had a re we've we've had the wettest we've had the wettest spring which we're already wet to start, right? Like this is bananas here, right? So we have the wettest spring on record and like I can't even like I we haven't even been able to disc anything yet. Like I just pulled some blinds out that were on high ground and we're <laughs> we're like waiting for everything to dry out. So it's gonna be a rushed planning season for us, meaning that like we're going to be rushing through Diskin, you know, mowing, mowing if we need to mow on some big stuff, like literally disking and, and rolling and planting like quick, it's going to be like that quick. So, um, now with Montana and Wyoming getting some flooding, will you guys get any of that coming down your way
1: at all? I believe we will see a little bit in the Platte River, um, maybe not not as much as um could be seen i don't think it'll be anything drastic but we we also here have been experiencing some some extreme weather it hasn't been you know a wet wet season on record for us but we've been getting bombarded with high winds and hail uh oh, just two Jesus. nights ago two nights ago here in carney we had it hailed for an hour and a half straight at my house and our uh, brand new trailer and my buddy justin just got a new truck and oh. um both of those got destroyed. Our trailer totaled out. My truck has probably 70, 80 hail dents in it, and Justin's truck probably has about 500. And so we are, uh, and that's just been never stopping. We've had multiple hailstorms, tornadoes. Yeah. The crops are getting beat up. Well, that's no what I was going to say. So we're crossing our fingers.
0: Right, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, if you got crops in the ground and you get a big hailstorm like that, like, it'll just hammer it if it's up high enough. So, man, Mother Nature's a beach. Like this is not going well this spring. So hopefully we could all snap out of it and, you know, and get some, get into a better, better stretch. So, okay. So the majority of what you guys are doing is going to be mallards on the plat and geese on the plat. And, you know, the funny thing is like when I think, you know, this is the thing we've talked about this. When I think of the plat, I think of like a skinny, like a really skinny part of the river which I wouldn't call it a river I'd call it a creek because it's not actually I'd call it a creek because I'm from Pennsylvania so that's some that's some broke-ass English shit right there so I would call it that um but the stretch that you guys have you are pretty wide there I mean you show me pictures I was like okay now that looks like a river and how wide you guys are there
2: yeah yeah a lot of the a lot of the platte rivers actually a lot wider than most people realize uh, a lot of people see like the uh like warm water sloughs which are right. like tiny like cricks almost right and and that, like hold a lot of birds which they kind of braid off the river which that's what a lot of people think of is like being the actual river but like that's not the case at all like the river like we hunt is like a hundred yards wide And then just has a bunch of offshoots of warm water sloughs on it.
0: Hey, you said crick too. Now is that a is that a Nebraska thing, or did I just turn
2: you over to uh, a Pennsylvanian? Uh, it's more more common around here is the slough. (laughs) Um, Some people say crick, but if it's along the river, a lot of people say sloughs. Um, Yeah, but they're not saying our name started too.
0: But they're not Um, saying creek. They're you're saying crick because that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, certain parts it is a creek and you will be told it is a creek but guess what i don't know nothing about a creek a creek is like in your neck or the door creaks or whatever i know a creek i fish the creek i walk the creek you know that kind of stuff so okay (laughs) so so you guys will be uh set up on the river doing mallards doing uh doing uh honkers and then what about what else is the agriculture there? Like, what are you guys offering to do? Like what, what should we be looking forward to in the fall? Like, are we gonna like, is what's the main ag there? Is it, you know, beans? Is it barley? Is it corn? Is it like, what kind of ag fields are you chasing the geese in?
1: Primarily corn. Um, When you come out this fall, you're going to get to, we'll obviously take you out and get you on the river in the mornings and probably try to shoot them ducks off the river. And then in the evenings, we've got a couple of fields. So uh, recently, actually, we just acquired a lease. It's about 13,000 acres. And um, this farmer is an all organic farmer. And uh, so, fortunately for us, that means that when he farms his fields, he doesn't run cows, he doesn't till them. Right. And so, all the nutrients and feed and everything that's been previously left on the field from the last few years is still going to be there. And so these fields are just plumb full of nutrients and food, and the geese find them and they love them. And fortunately enough, we're able, we're going to have about four pip lines and four different of his fields along the Platte River that should provide for some success. And so I would definitely look forward to you seeing that. Oh, it's going to be, be a mix of barley, wheat, and corn in that, in that all in that one field.
0: Yeah, uh, man. Usually and, and
1: soybeans. Oh, and soybeans too. My oh,
0: gotcha. Like usually, usually the organic guys don't let you on at all. I know the organic guys here don't let us on uh, at all, which is crazy to me because, you know, I don't know what they're worried about here, but when the geese get in the organic fields here, they'll just tear them up. They'll destroy them. And to be honest, they're just crapping everywhere. So I'm like, if you're calling that organic, okay, (laughs) but I'm not calling that. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So.
2: The thing is, there's not, there's like, he's like one of the only people that's really organic. Like there's, like around that's the Platte cool. River, like everything's so irrigated, sure. And like, and so everybody like puts a ton of nutrients on their soil and irrigates right. like crazy. So like to be organic around here is like oh, that's awesome like, unheard of.
0: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. So, um, so you guys will. Man, you'll have a lot to do, so we'll have a lot to explore when we come out. Like, we're on the river, in the fields, doing stuff like that. Um, So where did... I know you said that. So the slew thing, so is that where the name came from when you guys did that? Or what was the... Is that a certain slew there or that you guys hunt? Or where did that come from?
1: So... You no, know, actually, it's kind of a funny story. So we we originally had, um, so we we're you know trying to come up with a name for what we were, and we were all kind of sitting around. We had, we were in the you know Snapchat group chat talking about it, trying to think of you know what, what's a good name that 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 rolls off the tongue that sounds good that's waterfowl related, but it's not just you know something very simple that's just something something Outfitters basically. Right. And um, we were looking through. And we have a slough. It's it's kind of like a slough. It's a drainage ditch. It's a warm water drainage ditch, so it never freezes. It's about a half mile off the Platte River, south of Kearney. Right. And it's called the Whiskey Slough. Right. And um, I remember one day very faintly, I was sitting in the drive-through getting some food in one of our, our restaurants we have here in Nebraska called Runzo, which is something we'll be taking you to when you come. <laughs> so it's a must-have.
0: Okay, and, gotcha. Uh, there there's always those.
1: Yeah, and I thought of the name, and I sent him to the group chat, and we all kind of we you know read it over, thought about it for a second, and we were all just kind of all of a sudden together thinking, yep, yep, that's the one, you know, it just kind of clicked with us.
0: I thought I thought maybe uh, I thought maybe Grant was like face down after a long night and was like, what happened to you, whiskey?
2: Whiskey. I mean that'll happen. That'll happen for sure. But uh, so that that was the alter. We did make an alteration to the name. Like the actual flu name. Like they left the e out, and it's they leave the e out. So we change it to like actual how you'd spell whiskey. Like I gotcha. I gotcha
0: I got you. Well, that's cool. Well, you know, listen. You always you always ask, especially when you got like something specific like that. You want to find out like what you know what did it or or what it was. Well, that's cool. So, um, the other thing—I mean, the other thing—is which will be really sought after with you guys. Uh, I'll stay in the—I'll stay in the fall first, but you guys—and—and uh, and I know I don't know if anybody on this podcast or listening will be like, "Oh, I'm all excited," but you guys also do like uh, like photo, video uh, tours when the when the cranes get in because you guys have a. A section where they can go and do that which for pictures will be bananas because i'll probably sit there if they're in at that time i'm going to take a ton of pictures so that'll be that'll be cool
2: yeah yeah uh the the sanctuary around us they have tons of viewing blinds where they take people out to view cranes um pretty much all along that stretch of refuge and that's why the refuge is there right um and then we're kind of like you know like this is such a big tourism thing, you know, it'd be really cool to to take people out and, and kind of see what that's about a little bit more than what we all growing up around the area it was just kind of like, oh, geez, like freaking tourists are back. They're all pulling over <laughs> on the side of the highway to look at a damn bird.
1: Right, kind right. Kind of
2: thing. And, and now it's kind of like, yeah, you know, this is actually something that's really cool. And it's like that area, the river will literally load up with half a million cranes oh, like in the spring it is insane.
0: So will they come through in the winter as well, or it's only on the way back in the spring? What's the, what is the, the path coming down as well? Will you guys see them yeah. then?
2: Yeah. And in, in the fall, when they come down and migrate down, they're not, they don't migrate as heavily and bottleneck like they do as much in the spring coming back. Right. Um, they still, they still come through, but they're, they just move through a lot quicker in the right. fall. Um, and just don't clump up as much and stay on that river as much as they do on the spring
0: right they don't stage up as much on the way down as they do on the way back up god i wish you guys would have a season i know the whoopers come through there and maybe that's what they're worried about but i man i said this last time it's like if you can't tell a giant white one from a sand hill like my god come on like that's that's insane to me so hopefully at some point you guys do get a crane season because you guys stack a pile of them there so
1: that that yeah. unfortunately i if i had to be a betting man i bet it'll never happen nebraska game and parks and then the actual state of nebraska in general makes so much money from the tourism they get in the spring um they they worry, you know, would be worried that if the season started up that maybe they would get pushed or maybe they might yeah, not want to come back the all path. the way through there in the spring or, I got you. you know, stuff like that. There, there's a lot of actual reasons that they uh don't have a season. I know that's only one of them. Yeah. But um just just with the way the ecosystem is and the way cranes are treated around here, I I don't see that ever happening. But I would I would love to see it.
0: Well, I mean I mean gee I mean they can they can move without any pressure. Like, if 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 all of a sudden, you know, they change the agriculture in that slot, I mean, that will 100% push the birds, you know, on a different path. So, you know, it could be anything that, that turns them. But I guess I understand what they're saying about. But shooting a couple in the fall, they'll still come back and keg up through in the spring. So, I don't know. So, not my... Yeah not my decision just hoping that that someday because that's that is a tasty little treat <laughs> so uh, yeah we've
2: never i've never been able to experience eating crane like ugh. the best thing i know like from the best bird in my opinion like from what i've had is like brant but that's only because i went to alaska but like right i've never had cranes, but like every single person just like cranes 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 the ribeye eyes guy you know
0: it's unreal It is, it is unreal. Uh, We, we did an episode like, actually our first episode uh, of the web series we did up in Saskatchewan and we hunted cranes and uh, you go to uh, the Chinese restaurant in town, like that's where you go for all your meals and you could get whatever you want. But if you wanted them to make like a crane dish, they would like prep it and be ready for a dinner and... Oh my God! We had like I don't know how many different crane dishes we had, but oh my God, it was unbelievable. And if you if you would have sat at the restaurant at any restaurant and ate it, and somebody came out to you and said it was crane, you'd be like, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't. And I'll tell you, it was unbelievable, fantastic. So, un yeah, it is an unbelievable bird to eat. There's no doubt about it. So. Maybe one day you guys will get something and, and or you'll have to go to a different state and pound them or do something. So, yeah, you'll definitely have to get a couple and eat them. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, so uh, what else are you guys working on now for fall other than, I mean, like I said, it's, it's game on. It's getting all the decoys ready, getting all the blinds ready, doing any farming, getting everything done, getting the house ready, you know, getting ready for customers. So you guys will kick off early enough, what's the first date you guys will start running people? Are you going to do early teal?
1: Yes. We start on September, I believe it's September 4th or the mm. 3rd, and um, we're doing teal dove combos, so you come out in the morning, we'll take you to our river property or the rainwater basin or wherever the teal are, yeah. are most, and then uh, in the evening, we have a dove property um, by Carney, oh, cool. and uh, it's it's like Argentina, uh, some people say. You go out there, and about hour and a half before shooting light all of a sudden you just get waves of them they'll come anywhere from 5 to 25 to 50 and they will just be a wave of them they'll fly over you in this big flock and if you're lucky you'll pull some of them into your spinners and uh it's just wave after wave for about an hour and a half straight and it's uh it's something special and you, you better bring a lot of shells
0: teal and doves that's a that looks like a that sounds like a barbecue waiting to happen is what i'm thinking right there that sounds about pretty good so yeah so yeah if you guys want a teal dove combo and you don't want to go to argentina <laughs> head to nebraska in september with these guys and and punch a hole in them and put them on the barbecue yeah that sounds pretty good that sounds good so we're talking to the guys at whiskey Slews in nebraska you'll listen to the fa podcast as we run through it and just uh Uh, a new group that we're getting with these guys are not new to the game but new in starting the guide business they've been hunting this area for a long time they've secured a ton of properties got a bunch of stuff going and and they're just said we're gonna make a go at our dream i mean that was pretty much it right you guys just wanted to finally live the life
2: yeah yeah a lot of it uh i mean we're we're basically like already guiding as is but for free we're already doing all the work scouting taking all these people out with us all of our friends like we do all the work anyways um we're just like heck might as well go and do it for a living and see if we can make this thing work sure um pretty much how it came about we're just like yeah let's just let's do it
0: well i think you guys i mean i think you guys are blessed with a good enough area uh and and that section of flyway to have different flights of birds whether it's your early teal then your early ducks then your you know when the weather hits and the honkers and the mallards you know i mean you guys get lessers i mean you guys pretty much get a pretty wide variety of birds there and you're in a great flyway in that section coming through right there so i mean i mean you should be in really good shape so guys should really you know have a good time there no matter what you know, no matter what part of the season it should be, there's there's always something going on. Like you said, you got the doves in early September. I mean, that's that's crazy too. So you guys should be in good shape. Um, tell me about the turkey stuff because I, from what from what I know, guys are always talking about. You know, turkey guys. They always want to go up to the Dakotas. They want to come to Nebraska you know that like you were talking about like river bottom turkeys like you know creek bottom turkeys they want to they want to do something like that where it's not just like you know just a different look and i think nebraska always gets mentioned on that turkey side
1: yeah so we get we're lucky enough to where we do get a mix of uh, species of turkeys or subspecies of turkeys too we get easterns miriams and hybrids and um the, the big thing for us is that makes us, in, you know, back to that 13,000 acre lease we got with that all organic. So in Nebraska, it's actually been a drought. There's a meeting happening tomorrow with the Nebraska Game of Parks, probably lower the Nebraska turkey limit from three down to two due to the drought, because this last gotcha. year was really tough hunting, and not everyone, you know, got a got a lot of birds. We didn't know, not everyone saw the birds they usually saw. And so with our organic property, we are fortunate enough that our farmer has actually seen more turkeys in the in the past years than he's ever seen before
2: really and said his
1: numbers are only growing and it's due to these this organic you know this organic farm and keeping all the birds concentrated on those areas
2: hmm.
1: look
0: at that you learn something every day i didn't know that so well that's oh, man that's great for the turkeys because usually i mean if the turkeys get into a downward spiral it's not good you know it's a little bit tougher to bring them back you got to really do a lot of management and kind of work on it especially if it's you know, you're talking predators, you're talk. I mean, everything mixed in. And then now you're talking about a drought and some other stuff. I mean, yeah, you, you, you definitely have to do what you can. Um, are you guys, uh, I'm sure. And if we, and if you don't do it, we will be doing it. Can you guys hunt? I don't know what Nebraska is like. Can you hunt predators at night there or no?
1: I'll have to look that up. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> when, when you're in season, we can, you know, we don't Guide any of that, of course, but yeah, we do yeah, coyote yeah. calling, raccoons. Oh uh, yeah, all that stuff, and it's we all of, we have some pretty good areas that we do that just on on the on the fun point yes. fun standpoint. But yeah, the the actual the actual problem is, is what's going on is the coon population has gotten so high as well as the coyote population due to the fur prices being low, so no one's trapping them. That's right. And that is that is a big portion of where these turkeys are going is these coons are killing the babies and 100%, eating the eggs. Hundred percent. But with our properties like that, those leases we have, we're going to be going out there in the summer and the fall. And anytime, you know, maybe clients want to go out or something like that and they're legally licensed, we'll go out and we'll, we'll, you know, go beat up on some coons or some coyotes on our properties. Because if we keep them, if we keep them down, the turkey population will only continue to thrive. Oh my God. It's
0: on. It's on when I come over there because that's, that's 100. Like if you're a waterfowl hunter and you, if you chase them on public, you have a place, like you 100% have to manage your predators, especially like like here, we don't, we don't have a ton of local ducks, right? They'll be on the refuge systems, you know, because what happens here is everybody will draw their place down, right? Dry it, we, you know, we we held enough birds for the spring, they're all mostly gone. If they're staying here, they're on the refuge, which still has water, or they're on the river systems, right, or they're on, like, a park pond or whatever. So, you know, we'll go through, we'll, you know, change the – we'll go through and disc everything and plant and the whole deal. But, but it is super important to keep your predators in check, whether it's on your place, even if you're not holding birds – And and let's say, you know, breeding them or 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 having, you know, nests on your area, because like our one place is surrounded by the river. I know there's a ton of birds on the river, right? There's a ton of birds that at least nest. They don't use it necessarily, you know, hard in the season or when they migrate down. But the early birds and the local birds will use it because there's always water in it. So just like you're talking about, like that high population of raccoons, uh coyotes like constantly thinning those out like you just have to and now is the time there's there's no i mean there's no better time than now so if you can go and do that you know go and do it and if you you can hunt a management area or near it uh i would say go do it you know i always i always talk about shooting crows and how much i'm into the crow hunting but that is another predator that gets overlooked on a waterfowler they do a tremendous amount of damage tremendous amount of damage on the waterfowl on on turkey like they are just an egg thief they're a nest thief they're just brutal so uh, i would encourage everybody to you know check their regulations see what they could do crows coyotes raccoons anything that's on that list go for it so i mean that's only going to make your place better just like you're talking about make the turkeys better if you guys are have any ducks nesting or geese or anything like that 100 percent, it's going to help there's no doubt
2: yep yep couldn't agree more a lot of a lot of states too is a lot of people don't even realize that they have like, they can actually go and do that outside of just the first season, too, right. a lot of people don't even right. look into that, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for us here, our crow season, which it's terrible. Like, our crow season goes right along with our waterfowl season. It's it's the same time. Uh, so, you know, i got to take some days and try to thin out the crows while they're migrating through and whatever. But we're still holding a bunch right now that would be, you know, that's now's the time to get them like through the spring and everything else, because that's when they're chasing and destroying nests and doing everything. And we don't, we don't get that chance to do that. So, but the raccoons and the coyotes, like, yeah, like we, we definitely chase them, you know, as much as we can. And, and if you're in a, if you're in a state where you like, if you're in a state where you could chase crows all year, Oh my God, like call me cause I'm on it.
2: <laughs> How do you guys hunt the crows then? like in a field or like
0: so i so i've tried several different ways and several different types first of all like i had an old timer who was teaching me to crow hunt and he said if you can if you can kill crows you can hide from them and, and kill them close you could no doubt kill any waterfowl or other bird easier because of They they have a thought process. Uh, They get conditioned really quick. Uh, They are super smart, and they just they know their area. So I hunt them usually between where they're going for food or close to where they're going for food. And if you know where they're coming out of the roost, you just need to set up far enough away that they're not going to see you setting up, and you're in the flight line. And I put out the decoys. Um, usually I'm usually just running a dozen or less because I don't have the huge, you know, mobs that some of the guys do, you know, some guys have like, you know, it's insane to me, but down that slot, uh, through the Midwest and stuff. And it might be through you guys too. I mean, there'll be places where they'll migrate through a million crows, which blows my mind. Right. Right. So, yeah, that, that's insane. Uh, so, so I'm totally putting out like however many decoys, I think I'm going to need to pull them in and ours are all fully flocked. So they look legit. Uh, and I'll put out the, uh, I use, um, uh, the lucky duck riot is the one or the roughneck is the one that I use. And there's a couple crow sounds on there. And I usually do like, like crow, like a lone crow to start. And then I also like use a hand call and then I'll do like a crow mob, which, you know, sounds like they're gathering. Right. And then you just kind of go in progression. And if they come through the crow gathering, you know, it depends on how many come. If you pick off one or two, that's good. If, if, if it starts to build on crow mob, where like, there's a bunch, like say there's 20 and they're all starting to circle, it's tough. Like all I try to do is get as many close as I can and try to pull off a double or a triple or whatever I can kill. I did have an instance once where I was hidden under a big evergreen tree and they didn't know what was going on and the wind was blowing and they just kept coming. And I literally just kept reloading. And I literally shot like, it was like 10 or 12, like out of the same group and they didn't know what was going on because they never saw me. So so you can get lucky I mean that was totally lucky but I've I, you have to be totally hidden though cuz I've gone to the the furthest extent now where if I go hunt like a cow pasture where they're coming in and they're looking for food or they're coming to sit on the fence and they're all trying to get a drink I'll put the decoys out and I get in the layout blind and I put the knockout like somewhere in the corner somewhere by the fence and I'll hunt them with the layout blind and they got no idea on that layout blind if you sit still and don't move like it's over like they got no clue so i'm shooting them close too out of that so that is freaking fun i can tell you that so tree lines we've done we've done all kind of ways but if nothing's happening when you're doing crow mob and like they have another one with it's like like rowdy crow or something like that like if you put on crow fight like this year this year you'll see some different videos no doubt because we will have uh coming this fall this is a drop right here so we have a fully flocked owl decoy that you will see and i can tell you right now it's gonna be ugly i put that out with some crows around it and i put on crow fight and i'm telling you right now it's gonna get dirty so we might we might have to try that if you guys got some crows over there i might have to have some things shipped over there so we can have some mid-afternoon like just <laughs> at, like slammers
1: <laughs> so we do we do get the crows we don't have them <laughs> quite in the, the millions of numbers but you're here at the right time of year they'll they'll be here
0: well we'll 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 totally try it so you guys just need to get amped up uh, for that and ready for that because i'm telling you like you get on a good crow hunt like guys don't understand like if if you get on a good one it is freaking so much fun it'll blow your mind so yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure i check like your season like you guys do you have the regs out already yet for you guys or no it's coming
1: sorry your phone kind of cut out a oh, little bit. oh sorry
0: so regulations so do you have your uh regulations for this coming season out already or no
1: yes we do and i you know i i got a bone to pick with the nebraska game (laughs) and parks um so we we have a october we have an october duck season for our rainwater basin in our early zone right which usually starts in that first or second weekend of october right and that's fine you know all good no problems there but where i begin to cause the problem is is so last year they opened our early season or our river season on the last weekend of october and then we got to go until the second weekend of january oh yeah and then this year they decided that we needed to open our river season earlier so it opens on like october 22nd and closes on january 3rd and i don't know if you've ever tried to hunt you know hunt a river when it's 65, 70 degrees outside, but it's, you just don't shoot many ducks. I mean, yeah. they'll be there, but you're not going to be shooting mallards. You'll be shooting like a blue-winged teal or some redheads or something that fly by. Sure. And when January comes around, you know, mid, mid-January mid or early December to mid-late January is like killer. prime duck hunting here. Ugh. And they close us every single time as soon as the, the the big northerns are getting here. They're closing our season. And then out west, the high plains they get to go out until January 26th. And if we got to go to January 26th where we were and we got to start later, the amount of ducks we would be able to take down would be we'd absurd be right because we'd have the big northern mallards and we'd have the big canada geese and all of that combined together.
0: Well, definitely, you know, you know, here's the thing like like you know, if those guys are open to hearing about it, you know, maybe if they get enough asks enough guys, you know, talking about it you know, maybe they'll take a look at it and change it. You know what I mean? So I would just put the pressure on and see what you can do because believe me, I get it. I get it. I swear it's like no matter where you are, if you could just go another week or two later, like it would just be insane. So, you know, the weather patterns are changing and stuff is changing. You know, I know the, the nesting season and everything else hasn't changed. Like they know when they, when the clock is on and they're on, but as far as like the weather, everything is changing everywhere. So you know, I got to think at some point we got to reevaluate everything as far as season wise because the weather has just been crazy and changing. And I mean, you can talk to anybody. You talk to the deer guys, you talk to the elk hunters on when the elk are bugling in the mountains. Like things are changing everywhere. And I just, you know, I just hope at some point everybody takes a look at that to see, you know, do we need to change some time frames? You know what I mean? So I guess we'll just see what happens. But cross your fingers. But I would just talk and see if you can get some, you know, changes made.
1: Yeah. And that actually, you know, that's kind of why changes were made. So um, this late season that I was telling you about, it opens for some of the Nebraska Sandhills. And the reason that people they changed it is people from I think from the Sandhills or from from the western side of this region is for. And this is from my understanding from the meeting, from what I heard. Is uh, that these people went in and said that the season opened a week later, and because of that, the potholes froze, and they froze earlier, and so basically, to them, they lost a week of dummies, season because it opened later, right. and then for us, you we, guys we lose you know, none right. of our area went, but for us, you know, we're get we we're getting screwed with the earlier season, and so what I think needs to happen is we need to go too, which we will be going next year to the meeting. And um, I'm assuming, you know, hopefully we can get some more people to come with us on our behalf is that maybe they need to make a change to where our specific, you know, our zone, the Platte River right. itself is being is getting the correct season where the sand hills are getting their week earlier. I don't I don't know the exact you know, details behind the zoning and how all of that works. Right. But I would assume that it's not just, you know, I'd assume it's somewhat suggestive and it's not something that can't that can never be changed
0: well and if they listen if they get that kind of information back maybe they could make a better decision you know what i mean because i i get that somebody's losing a week somewhere you know what i mean the guys the guys that are freezing up are losing a week you know because it freezes up too quick so they want a week at the start i get that and then you guys are losing a week at the end because that's when it's good because you're not freezing up and you don't need it early yeah i mean i mean that's that's a tough one so the more the more information that you guys can get them is no doubt better you know what i mean so i would definitely go to the meeting put your input in and see what happens that's all you can do you know what i mean
2: yeah yeah for sure and they they, they always send out surveys
0: yep which, yep
2: which gets a lot of feedback but I, I mean talking with people it seems like people like really they didn't really follow the survey and they went more off what the people that showed up in person to the meeting went off of. That's kind of what we heard.
0: Well, then get your people at the meeting, you know what I mean? Get everybody, you know, there. So, yeah. And that'll help. Right. And that'll help you guys out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I begin to wonder, you know, a lot of how this works. And so I have a little bit of insight having, my dad does do some work for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And so I have a little bit of insight as to somewhat how it works, but I, you know, I'd, I'd really like to sit down and learn all of the information directly from people at the game and parks sure. and be able to understand fully how they design the seasons and how everything is set up. That way you can, you know, once you once you have all that um, information and you're educated, you can you can be like, well, if we could change this, then this could be better because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we're missing something where there's some code or some, sure. you know, some rule or policy that they can't change it past this time. And so I'd like to just get some education on that and be able to learn some well maybe
0: well maybe they'll learn something too you know what i mean going through that process maybe you know listen these these guys and gals in fish and wildlife and parks and all that like they don't know everything plus i said if they know whatever it it's been changing so you got to you got to be up to date on your surroundings and what's going on now so so hopefully you know people could look at that kind of stuff and and maybe make some changes for the better because listen the sportsmen are the one you know we're the ones that are buying the licenses buying the gear paying the taxes doing the stuff like like we're the ones using the resource but we're also the ones giving back to the resource so you know you know through conservation and everything else so yeah they got to look at some other stuff and see what you know what they can do to make it better so it's it's a constant struggle you see it everywhere and you just got to do as much as you can so you guys will be all right you'll they'll figure it out so um what uh I know you guys got a I know you guys just got a pile of decoys. What uh is there something you're looking forward to using out of all our stuff so far?
1: You know, I am excited to see them the new lessons you guys have coming out. We have uh you know, we got those full body ducks from yeah. you guys, the yep. super resters. Yep. And I put them on the new square bases out in my out in our yard while we were playing with some decoys, messing with some stuff. And I I think our wind was three or four miles an hour. I mean, just enough to tickle your skin. And that decoy was still bobbing up and down and moving side to side. And then on the contrary to that, I put it out and it was blowing 25 sustained up to gusts up to 40. And the decoy wasn't thrashing. It was still keeping that same gentle movement yet. Realistic, and I'm just I'm you know beyond pleased with how that turned out. But I'm super excited to check out these these lessers and see how they do with that kind of system as well.
0: It's gonna be so sick. It's gonna be so sick because that's probably what I'll run. My I mean my usually my whole spread here is lessers, and I usually have maybe a dozen honkers that we put off to the side because the lessers here. I mean we have lessers and cacklers, and then the honkers, and we don't shoot a ton of honkers, but you know the honkers don't want to mess with the lessers they don't want to be mixed in with the lessers or the cacklers or the taverners or all the subspecies of, of smaller geese they just want to be on their own they don't want to hear all the noise and be fighting over food they just want to be left to the side so i'll probably run like my whole spread will be fully flocked lessers there's no doubt and it, it'll go with me wherever i go whether i'm running to montana or wyoming or whatever so uh, it it's the lessers it's going to get really dirty really quick when, uh, when those take off. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about that too. So, and the motion system, you know, we, listen, we did a lot of research on the motion system. We didn't just slap some stuff together and say, Oh yeah, here's a motion cone and here's the motion stake. And, and, and we're, we're just trying to put as much innovation and, and thought and technology into everything that we have going and, the thing that i'm i'm probably the happiest about on the motion system is yes you get that side to side motion but the way the way the stake toppers designed like you're getting front front and back motion meaning you're getting like a bob you're getting like up and down motion as well as side to side so that was really important to not just you know, turn left to right in the wind, but also to kind of move a little bit like it does look like it's feeding. It does look like it's walking. So, you know, I'm hoping that, and, and that's this that's the stake system that, you know, the steak topper that comes on, on everything for us. So hopefully that'll, hopefully guys will be into it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely make sure we use all that stuff when we get over there. There's no doubt about it. I'm pumped. I'm ready. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's getting close. The countdowns are starting for people all yeah. over.
0: Yeah, everybody'll get on it. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to hit or talk about or anything? And 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 if not, just let everybody know where they can find you guys if they they want to look at the website or they want to catch you guys on your social pages. What are they looking for? Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Another thing I think we should, we should sure. highlight is, uh, is the snow geese for sure. Uh, yeah we hunt like our snow geese season is uh we get an absolute ton of reverse migration through we got some really big lakes to the south of us in kansas and 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 some in nebraska and when they hold they hold a lot of snow geese and and i'm we're really excited to to throw out a ton of your guys' snow socks and uh and throw some big spreads at them
0: yeah, I mean, it's, listen, you guys, you know, for you guys having that, like, that has to be, that has to be like a sleeper state, you know, to look at for that. You know what I mean? Like, everybody talks Missouri, and and you come through, you know, Arkansas, and you come through Missouri, and then they come up through that section, and then they hit Squaw Creek, and then they come up through the Dakotas, and then they're on their way back into Canada, so uh yeah i'm I'm interested to see how that goes and 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 uh, and take a look at that too. That'd be just a listen nobody has to nobody has to bend my arm to shoot snow so I can tell you that mm-hmm. nobody yeah I'm,
1: and you know it is a sleeper state and i i don't I don't mean to let the cat out of the bag but we we end up uh you know there's times where a few of these lakes that we hunt by they'll have up to five hundred six hundred thousand combined. And then, um, up crazy. on the Platte river and the sand pits along the Platte river from, you know, in about a 70, 80 mile stretch of where we're at, there'll probably be another 500 to 600,000. And so, and then they fly from that big lake up to the river and from the rivers down to the big lakes, to the big lakes in Kansas in, in Nebraska. And so, I mean, at any one time, our, our general area can have 1.1 to 1.5 million snow geese. That's yeast. crazy. And, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, Mario, you know, there's been times where we've had our spread set up and. We'll talk to the game warden and ask you know, how many other people are you see out hunting, and you say, "Well, you, we're, I've just seen you. You know, we we haven't seen nobody." And uh, well, listen, you know, now now next year, of course, there's gonna be someone in every field, but y- you know. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, we're listen, excited. you gotta be you gotta be geared up for that. Like, you can't half-ass snow goose hunting. Like, you have to be all in. Like, you have to be you know, you have to be, I don't want to say you have to be big spreads and everything else, but like when you're competing and doing that and you're also, you're not just competing with the guys, you're competing with the birds and how much is, is coming through. Like you got to go big and, and you got to be equipped and you got to be ready and you got to know what you're doing, or you will 100% get your butt kicked all, you know, all the time. If you're not ready, like usually snow geese just kick your ass. Like the majority of the time, uh, and then, and then the days where you just got them nailed, like you just, you just take it out on. Them. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. feast or famine all the time. Like, you know, that, that's what makes the snow goose guys, you know, as crazy as can be, cause you, you just love them and hate them, you know, the birds. So you just want to, you know, get them and get them and then they get you and then you're trying to get them back. So it's a constant, it's a constant chess game. So, well, yeah, I'm, listen, I'm excited to see what you guys do and, and, uh, you know, watch you guys grow and the whole deal. So this is, this would be great. Like, I'm excited for you guys. Like, listen, anybody that's just getting into the waterfowl industry, no matter what it is, like if you're, you get a job somewhere or you're guiding or you're an outfit, like, listen, it, it, you could say live the dream and some guys make a joke about it. But if that's your dream, like live it and do it and enjoy it because that's what I'm doing. So uh, I got, I got no complaints. I'm just you know, living my best life and that's what I'm doing. So I'm glad that you guys get to do that. So good for you guys. So it's yeah. cool. It's cool. So, okay. So they could hit you up on the website. Is that up and running and all good?
2: Yeah. Website's fully up and running okay. right now. Um, find us at just dot com. Okay. Um, uh, you could also reach myself grant at three Oh eight, eight, three Oh three, eight, one seven. I handle, all of our bookings, anything like that, um, all planning trips, anything like that. Well, sure, and if uh, they need
0: info and whatever, they could check your social pages out and whatever else and connect with you guys and like you guys and follow you guys. And and listen, listen, gas is going to be nuts coming into the fall, I'm sure. So guys might be looking at closer trips Hey, let's go somewhere where we haven't been. Like, let's try something out. So, I mean, you guys are in a good location, centrally, where you know you're a little bit more to the west. But you know, you might get some, you know, different guys coming from different states that listen, just want to see some different area and 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 hunt different stuff. So, I'm I'm excited to see that for you guys. So that'll be good. That'd be great. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. The Platte River's did something different. In not a lot of states. No doubt. Say they have
0: it. Right. Who doesn't want to hunt the Platte? There's no doubt about it. So yeah, that'll be awesome. All right. Well, good. Well then we'll, we'll, uh, everybody can check those guys out, check them out, Whiskeyslews.com, com. hit them up on their pages, go talk to Hunter, go talk to Grant, go talk to those guys, see what you can do if you want to take a trip this year and and see what the plot has to offer and everything else. Awesome. I can't, uh, I, I can't wait to get out there and see you guys and, and watch you guys grow. So I'm I'm pumped for you guys. So I'm excited. So
1: look forward to having you can't wait for november
0: i hear you bro all right awesome appreciate you guys jumping on the podcast with me enjoy the day and uh we'll talk to you guys real soon and let's just i don't want summer to go that fast but yeah let's go <laughs>
2: yeah yeah thank you thanks for having us yeah it was a great time
0: you got it bud all right talk to you guys soon
2: yeah sounds good see all right, ya
0: later well, that's hunter and the guys at whiskey slews uh Listen, when guys are living out their dream and going hardcore, I'm all for it, man. I was I was like that, so it's good to see young kids grinding and trying to get into the waterfowl industry, no matter what, and and live, you know, live a dream of of what they want to do. So that's that's huge. So that's the FA podcast. Listen, if you guys need to check anything out that we have, you can hit us up. fabrand.com is the website. Uh, You can hit our social pages. Uh, You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, which has a ton of videos. Uh, And it has our web series on it, The Last Pass, where you can go in and check uh, any of the past episodes that we got up um, and see where we've been this whole past year. And then we're getting ready to uh, come out with season two. So we'll be cranking that up as soon as we hit fall. So pretty exciting times for us We're just trying to get the brand back on track and back to what it used to be. Um, Man, that's the goal. And and live the dream. So, all right, we want to thank uh, Federal Ammunition and the guys there as they help us, as we follow us and chase us and chase birds around the country and up in Canada and everywhere else. And as well as the guys from Weatherby, we're partnering up with them and we do a ton of stuff with those guys. And they're just great guys and they got great. Great guns and great stuff. So and if uh you're looking for anything waterfowl, you go to Roger Sporting Goods. I mean those they're a partner of ours that like there's nothing they don't have. So, you know, why not have a partner like that? It's like having a it's like having a little shop that you can just pick and choose what you need. So big shout outs to them. So that's the FA podcast for today. I'm Mario. I'm out.